Welcome to another episode of the Sports Weeksly Podcast. I'm Tyler. Joining me, as always, is my cousin Austin. And we're joining you after BYU's final home game of the 2022 season against the mighty Utah Tech Trailblazers. Oh, man. Um, and it, I'm laughing, but the game was a little closer than I would have liked for at least half the game. Oh, I know. Uh, I, you know. <laughs> I texted you before the game started, or right when the game started. I was like, this is going to be closer than we think, isn't it? I thought and, for sure. Like, oh, I was just like, nah, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. Then all of a sudden, offense stalls, defense I mean, they give up three offense stalls again. And then I texted you. I was just like, all right, now I'm starting to get Portland State 2017 vibes. Uh-huh. That like, yeah, we're going to win, but it's not going to be necessarily convincing. Yeah. And the final score they ended up being 52-26. to 26. It it doesn't really show how close the game actually was for a good no. majority of it. Yeah. they they BYU definitely really pulled away at the end. And also, I, I want to say – my prediction, I'd said fifty-two to twenty-eight, so fifty-two to twenty-six. I'll take that as a win for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, there was there was that game, but there was a lot of other college football games over the weekend, and a lot of big upsets and stuff, and a lot of close games that we'll get into before we hop into that BYU game and moving forward. But yeah, so some games around college football this week, just going down a huge list. Um, so Navy beats number twenty UCF seventeen to fourteen. That, that basically ends their bid for not only just the the Power Five or the New Year's Six bid for the Group of Five, but also the American Championship. I believe as long as Tulane and Cincinnati win out, they'll be playing each other now because okay. UCF wasn't well, the driver's seat. Do Tulane and Cincinnati play this week? Oh, do they? I don't know. I thought so. I'll have that, to look, but that might that might change things. But it's as of right now, I looked and UCF is in third in that conference. And yeah, Tulane and Cincinnati play. This interesting. Week. I wonder how that works out. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. know who who won against UCF and against either one of those. But right, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but this one not a ranked matchup, but Vanderbilt beating Florida thirty-one to twenty-four. And I, I feel like I'm saying that with a little bit of questioning in my voice. Like, did that actually happen? That That's a thing? But I thought I thought Florida was the, the mighty Florida Gators, and it was a good loss to have, you know? That's, 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 the, that's what I was told. Oh, no, absolutely. And, I mean, to be fair, I I was singing the praises of uh, Richardson. Oh, for sure. I mean, granted, he he had just beat the Utes. I, I, oh, I'd yeah. sing the praise out of, out of whoever beats the Utes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hey – Florida does not look good. And, no. you know, everyone thought, like, oh, Billy Napier. He figured it out right away. I was one of those people. I think he can figure it out. But, I mean, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And is Anthony it's Richardson not, a senior? I, can he come back? That I don't know. I um, think he can come back. But, like, Billy Napier wasn't in the same situation as, as uh, oh, my gosh, why am I blank? Uh, Lincoln Riley. Okay. Over at USC, you know, like yeah. coming in, bringing in some great transfer talent, bringing in, you know, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Travis Dye. Like, you you can't tell me that, that they weren't destined for a little bit of greatness. Right. But Florida plays in the SEC. And Billy Napier's coming from Louisiana. And it's like, it's going to take some time to get his guys because that program has been in shambles for a long time. Oh, for sure. I mean... Florida, Urban, Urban left been... them in such a bad in, in such bad shape just because of the 
of the scumbag that Urban Meyer is. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like Florida has not been Florida since the Tebow era. Well, Every, you want to explain to me with how much we know about Urban Meyer? How on earth did he get Tim Tebow, who seems like this, this, this Christian, <laughs> God loving guy? You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this like really good guy, and then he's thrown it to Aaron Hernandez, who killed a guy. <laughs> No, I know. And then I, I remember someone saying they, they wish that they could do like a like a 30 for 30 style documentary on like the 2008 uh, Florida Gators and just all the people that were on that team. Like, I mean, the Pouncey brothers have like yeah. some sort of like gang affiliations with them. Yeah. And uh, like, but then you had Tim Tebow leading the cause. Yeah. Like, you that's... Had, your, your poster child was this God loving Christian in... In Tim Tebow, <laughs> yeah. whereas everyone behind him is committing crimes <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it takes a long time to get that type of reputation and that type of those types of issues out of a program. And the problem was, is is you brought in Dan Mullen. I mean, he was the most recent guy there, right? And he was an urban uh-huh. guy too. And you know, it's not like he was a good person. So no. it's it's all really interesting down there, but yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't hey, tell you how he Vanderbilt beating them that was that was crazy. Yeah, and it, it, like Florida losing isn't that surprising this year, especially because of the, some of the games we've seen throughout the year with Florida. But to Vanderbilt, that's that's the surprising part because I mean, there's a lot of Group of Five teams that I would be willing to say are better than Vanderbilt. Right. I, I mean, that's just. But I mean, Vanderbilt didn't they just this, beat Kentucky too? Yeah, I mean, this is two weeks in a row. Hey, they, they're they got hot. two SEC teams. It's two SEC games in a row that they've that they've won. I mean, this is huge for them. I don't know who they play next week, but I mean, if you're a betting man, you better might as well ride them while they're hot. <laughs> yeah. they're on a heater right now. I'll take a look. Uh, but while you look that up, um, uh, another close matchup, and we were actually following this game during our, the tailgate before we were going into the BYU game. Uh, who do they play? They play Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> Which they, Hendon Hooker just hey, got hurt. He's not playing. And plus, I mean, South Carolina probably has a little bit of better of a team, but they hung 63 on Tennessee. Oh, so. That's true. If, I, if I'm if i Vanderbilt, I'm looking at that tape and just being like, how do we do exactly <laughs> this? Do they have a Spencer Rattler? I don't know how he played in the game, but <laughs> no, if you score 63 points, you probably played pretty well. Right, you'd think. Um, but yeah, TCU, number four team in the country. They stay the number four team in the country because they ended up beating Baylor twenty nine to twenty eight on a last second field goal. Oh my gosh! Did you see that? Like uh-huh. the very end of that? Yeah, and I well the ironic thing was I saw a girl on TikTok who she was recording herself because she was about to record herself as a Baylor fan storming, oh, storming the, field. the field. Absolutely. And she recorded herself getting a live reaction of them <laughs> losing the game, and she kind of like stood there for a second in in like confusion and then looked at somebody was like. We just lost? Wait, did that actually just happen? Like, yeah. Does that mean, him putting it through those posts, does that mean that we lose? Yeah, we lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, well, the end of that game, because it was a run, right? Uh-huh. They ran the ball on that third down or whatever, second down, whatever it was. And they, they run the ball with 15 seconds left, or I guess 20 seconds left. And, you know, that's what you, that's what you train for. It's what you, what you practice for. And they come running on. And normally, you know, kickers are normally so super superstitious that, like, they have to count out their three steps right. back, two steps to the left. When you watch that replay, dude just, like, who's just like, nah, I know I stand about here. 
Yeah. Like there was no walking off the steps. He was just like, "Now nah, put it down, put the ball on the ground." Like I got this. I'm gonna boot this through. Uh-huh. And yeah, sure enough, boom, right down the middle. TCU survives, and it was just like, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I've been I've been in situations where it's just like, wait, hold on. That means the other team wins. Like uh-huh. that's it. Like I remember when I was a kid, my dad took me to a BYU St. Mary's game. Uh, I mean, I guess I wasn't too much i mean i was still a kid but i was i was 16 17 something like that okay and tyler hawes you know he he goes down and he he hits a two-point shot and sh- like we go up two points and it was just like sweet we just won and then matthew Delavadova jacks a half court three it's just a half court shot and boom puts it in and i remember sitting there just i looked at my dad and i said does that count? And he goes, yeah, that counts. <laughs> like we just lost. Like it, and you know, it's the same type of thing when that field goal goes through, especially in that situation. It's just like, wait, we lose. Uh huh. Like, it's not like, Oh, we have to have the kickoff. Like, no, it's a walk-off. It's over. It's done. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No. I, so I want to bring this up just cause you talked about a basketball story. I didn't do this, but a kid that I know growing up, did this because his whole family was huge Pitt fans. And back in, what, 2000, it was either 2010 or 11, whenever Kemba Walker hit a, hit a buzzer beater to go to the Final Four oh, yeah. over Pitt, when Pitt was the number one seed. Yeah. And they were in the lead eight, and he hit a buzzer beater. My This kid that I know from high school was there. Oh, man. At the game. That's rough. In the elite eight. <laughs> yeah. Ow. But... All right, moving along. These next three, they aren't upsets. The teams that won the games were supposed to win, but all three of them, especially for the majority of the games, were pretty closer, a lot closer than they should be. So Michigan beats Illinois 19 to 17. Ohio State beats Maryland 43 to 30, which I mean they won by 13, but that was pretty close for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And then Georgia beats Kentucky 16 to six. Well, I know. Um... In that Ohio State game, they were down like thirteen to three or something like that. Yeah, 17 they were to losing. ten, something like that. And you know, Ohio State, you know, they they figured it out. But mm-hmm. if there's one thing that Maryland has proven, especially with what's his name, Talia, Tagovailoa. Uh huh. I mean, they can score. Yeah. And I think it just kind of caught them. It caught Ohio State off guard. They're playing in Maryland. Um, that Michigan game. That should be pretty concerning, but I've also never seen a team so up and down like Illinois, like just oh, up and down. And like, they, it was like, oh man, these guys could be competing. I mean, these guys are going to be in the Big Ten championship for sure, competing with with these guys. And all of a sudden, you lose to Northwestern. It's like, oh well, there that goes. You and Nebraska, right there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you're having these close games. You're getting ranked again, and and. And yeah, you just about knock off number four, and you know we were watching that uh, up in the up at uh, the top of Portal YY in Lavelle Stadium, and uh, me and my brother were watching it, and we're like, "Well, Michigan wins," and my dad just goes, "You know, the college football playoff is pissed that Michigan <laughs> just won that game because <laughs> now they have to keep them in. Like, right? You have to keep in an undefeated team. Like, yeah, they might swap with TCU, but TCU also had a close game." Mm-hmm. So like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. And then the it's, Georgia it's game. Tough. I mean, Georgia and Kentucky. I mean, 
Kentucky was supposed to be a, a, a huge success in the SEC this year, and they just haven't really worked out. But um, I don't know where that game was played. Was that played in Kentucky? It was at Kentucky, it? yeah. Okay. Which that can play into it. But, I mean, if there's one thing I feel like right now, it's like it is Georgia, and then a couple steps below is like Ohio State, and then eight or nine steps below is everybody else. Like, it, it it feels so weird this year that, like, I, I'd be surprised if Georgia didn't win it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if they do end up playing Ohio State. Which, that's just, what you're praying for. Yeah, that's what you're praying for is a Georgia-Ohio State matchup to at least have some sort of competition. But if they play in in the the first round of the playoffs, then it's like, well, this is basically the national championship right here. Right. Yeah, it's it, uh, those were th- those are three games that it, they didn't lose, but definitely a lot closer than more comfortable than we would have liked. Yep. But now you have Ohio State and Michigan playing this week, so someone's going to end up with a loss. Oh, I know. And you know the only way to get two Big Ten teams in there theoretically, it can't be Michigan who loses. <clears throat> as long as yeah. Ohio State loses in a close game, they can still be considered, especially now that Tennessee's out of the picture. The, I'm trying to think. The only way that I can see Michigan getting in on a loss is if it's like a super close loss. Like they lose in like overtime. So right. If they lose in overtime. Overtime. And then, it'd have to be like an overtime like have LSU-Bama. Have, you, you'd have to have – I mean, TCU would have to lose probably because you also yeah. have USC sitting there. Yeah. And a USC Pac-12 champ is going to get in over a one-loss non-champ Michigan. Right. So there's other factors that would have to play into it, but I I think there's still a door a little bit cracked open for Michigan if they lose, but it's not looking that great. I I don't want two teams from I want all four to be from different conferences. Well, I mean, like I'm really rooting for Georgia, one of Ohio State or Michigan, TCU, Georgia, Ohio State, and, TCU and, UC. and USC. Yeah. That's yeah, what I want. Absolutely. Especially cuz you get TCU in there who's a new face and USC's a new face there. I mean, you still get three, yeah, two you get Georgia three, and Ohio State. Yeah, you yeah. get that, but but still, new faces are fun in the college football playoff. Um, back to some upsets. So Louisville beats number twenty-four NC State twenty-five to ten. I tell you, NC State. I never understood why some people were having them ranked in like the top fifteen preseason. I still Didn't don't they understand. Come out as an AP uh, number thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't get it. I never get it then. I or I didn't get it then. I remember you putting I, that out on Twitter. You were like, NC State at 13? Like, am I missing something? That's that's what I mean. It's like, what? Did they just have, like, an insane transfer portal period? Or are there some underclassmen that I don't know about? Like, what's going on? Because last year they were, like, 8-4. and four. Right. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, they're going to be out of the top 25 because they lost and they were number 24. Georgia Tech upsets number 13 North Carolina 21-17. to 17. Lowly Georgia Tech also beat Pitt. I watched that game and that was miserable. But them beating North Carolina, I mean, the ACC overall is bad. Yeah. But if you're North Carolina, that can't happen. Cause, no. I mean, not that North Carolina had a realistic shot of getting in the playoff, but they had an outside shot technically. Sure. <laughs> but now that, that's gone. Um, but then some more games because, I mean, there was a lot of upsets. We already alluded to this one. South Carolina kills – Tennessee sixty three to thirty eight, yeah. and that's also kills Tennessee's playoff hopes. Hendon Hooker out with it at torn ACL. Bad weekend to be a Wolf. Yeah, I watched a lot of that 
I watched a, a good amount of that game. Um, South Carolina, one, they looked like they wanted it more. And two, they were aggressive, man. They were going to come out and they were going to push Tennessee around. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's the worst you're going to do, beat us? Like, you're supposed right. to beat us. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was actually really cool. Problem was, is I was as I was watching that, I realized that USC and UCLA was on. And I was like, I'm going to switch over to this one instead. Uh-huh. Like, this one seems a little more interesting to me. Right. Which turned out to be a fantastic game. Yeah, I'll just mention that now. USC wins 48-45 to over UCLA. USC, they control their own density. Assuming they win out, they'll probably be in the playoff. Yeah. I, I just – I don't really see a well, scenario. Especially if you, you got to win out convincingly too. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you played Notre Dame this week. Uh-huh. And then and I mean, Pac-12 for the championship. Way, especially for the way that Notre Dame has been surging as of late, the committee will see that as a good win if they do beat them convincingly. Yeah. And then Pac-12 championship, I mean, you're looking at either Oregon, Washington, or Utah. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Go I, Ducks. Like, I don't, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> as long as the Ducks win, they're through. Um, I would love it. Part of me, like there's, there's like, I want to say like a 12% part of me that would actually like to see the Utes win and then the other two lose. That way they go to the championship because I want Caleb Williams to have that revenge game. But that being said, that would mean Utah would still go to the Rose bowl. Yeah, no, that's the bummer. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. It's like 12, 12% of me is like, and then instead of as much Mexican as I am is how much I want that. I I was going to say, and then we would have, let's say Ohio State wins instead of Ohio, them you losing to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl they lose to Michigan yeah <laughs> yeah but um but yeah just looking at, at USC yeah as long as you went out and in convincing fashion I think they're in yeah TCU as long as they went out they're in um, and then Ohio State or Michigan whoever wins out my assumption is Ohio State um just to have that kind of a hiccup with Illinois I'm sure Ohio State smells blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Georgia. I, I'd be shocked if Georgia lost another game. Now, the really the really interesting part will be is Georgia loses to LSU. Oh, I know. Because I then know. you get into some complicated conversations as a yeah. committee. Uh, well, who does LSU play this week? LSU, they play, I don't know, who's a rivalry game? Um, right, that's the problem. Oh, Texas A&M. A&M. Which, they're playing in College Station. You never know. I mean, A&M could, <laughs> could screw with them. A&M, right. A&M's bad. But, like, in an emotional game like that, it doesn't matter if you're bad. I mean, look at 2017 BYU in Utah. Yeah. We were awful. <laughs> but uh-huh. it was an emotional game. It's a rivalry game, and we somehow only lost by six. Right, nineteen thirteen or whatever it was. Nineteen thirteen, yeah. And so, yeah, I just think, you know, as you're right though. I mean, if if LSU wins out and beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, it's like, do we take a two loss LSU? <laughs> well, then you'd take a two loss LSU. Georgia would naturally be in. The winner right. of Ohio State and Michigan would be in, and then it's like, all right, so let's say they take the LSU. We're deciding between. I mean, you. I feel like TCU would be in if they were undefeated. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're probably looking at a... So a I, guess, I guess you're looking at deciding between, are you taking a two-loss SEC champion 
LSU team over a one-loss Pac-12 champion USC. That's what you're deciding between. Right. And like you said, you know, I'm I'm hoping that it's four separate conferences. Uh-huh. That's that's what I'd like. I think it also depends on the quality, like the the way in which LSU wins. Like if LSU comes out and just smacks A&M and then somehow hangs 35 on, on Georgia and Georgia can only put up 10, like uh-huh. 35-10 victory, something like that. It's like well, LSU might be the real deal here. And then you probably have to go Ohio State number one, uh, TCU at two. Three is – would you put LSU above at Georgia at that point? Probably not. Right. Go three Georgia and four LSU or USC. And it's like, well, what do we do here? It's <laughs> I hope – the committee is probably praying that LSU loses. Oh, so I'm they sure they have. So they don't have that decision. Just like they're praying that, that Michigan loses. Or they were praying. Yeah. Now that I think they're probably assuming they're going to lose. But, but, yeah, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow what those rankings look like and mm-hmm. going into rivalry week. And what's so weird – is being at this stage in in the season and not talking about Alabama. Oh, I know. I mean, it, they're it's ra- the most bizarre thing. I mean, they're they're what number seven, number seven, number eight, something like that. But they just they the problem those, is they, they just don't have a chance, and there's no chance. Yeah, like a, a two loss conference champion. There's an argument for it. Two loss non con like not a champion. It's like ah, I'm sorry. Have fun at the Sugar Bowl. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah. it's. And I mean, they'll go to a New Year Six, and and that's like they'll either get an at-large bid or they'll get say so they might smack whoever they play. Yeah, but, probably will smack whoever they play. Right, and but, and then it's I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, just a couple more games. Oklahoma they beat uh, Oklahoma State twenty-eight to thirteen. Oklahoma State was ranked twenty-second. That was probably rough for you and your college fantasy team since Spencer Sanders was back. It was. But luckily, I still won the game. I still oh, won you the did! Matchup. You still won, the and matchup. I'm in the championship this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I am playing uh, Surfa Durfa out of the Give Him Help Brigham Discord. If yeah. you ever see that name, Surfa Durfa. Yeah, that's okay. who I'm playing. Um, but yeah, so I, I I did make the championship, so that'll be fun. But yeah, a lot of uh, Kennedy's family was probably happy that OU won because. I think most of her family back in Oklahoma are OU fans. So really? I, I don't think any of them are really OSU fans. Interesting. Yeah. And okay. she, she's the only one that – she went to OSU for a semester. Yeah. And that's it. She was like the outlier. <laughs> but rest of them are all boomer sooner. Yeah. We, like, we FaceTimed her sister, Maddie, during the game. And uh, her, her and her husband, Jordan, were watching it. And he's a, he's a big OU fan. So – it's funny right. to hear him in the background. It's and like, you were like, really hey, buddy, how about that uh, 2009 <laughs> Sam Bradford comes back right. and win a championship? Oh, Colby Clawson. Just kidding. <laughs> Although what, what confused me is, like, why did they play Bedlam this week and not next week? And I we, don't know. Who, we looked at who they played, and they're just playing other Big 12 teams. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Texas, Texas Tech and... I don't see the uh, the Oklahoma State game, but Oklahoma State they play. I mean, I mean, I know they play another Big Twelve team, but I'll find it. But I don't know. I don't understand why it wasn't played on rivalry weekend. That was the confusing part to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was played there last year. Oh, West Virginia. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I, I what what went on with the Big Twelve scheduling that that was the case? 
I don't know because I mean, looking at the Big Twelve, it's not like they're playing. It's not like they're all playing. Like there's some playing out of conference. Like they're all in conference. Right. And then while we're talking about the Big Twelve, here's what I'll say: is when we're in the Big Twelve, unless the Big Twelve is trying to push an in conference rivalry for BYU, can we just go back to playing Utah the last game of the season? <laughs> Yeah, but you get a feeling they're going to try to push Iowa State on us. But why? I know. That is such a forced rivalry. I know. I know. But, I mean, you can't take Kansas, Kansas State. Can't take Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. They're like, hey, you're a loner in Utah. We got this loner in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of close. It's just like how, like, you know, West Virginia and Cincinnati, they'll naturally just meet up. And it's just like UCF. Well, you get the other newcomer in Houston. Houston? <laughs> yeah. You go go, you go across the Gulf. That's it. That's but the, like that's the as Gulf good Coast as we're rivalry. Get here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, but you know that they're gonna force Iowa State on us. They are, and it's fine. It's like, it's unfortunate, and that's why that's why I'm like I would love for Utah to get invited to the Big Twelve. You're probably one of the. I, I agree. I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly, but. There are so many BYU fans that want nothing to do with it. Oh, I know. Well, it's because, you know, you've heard for how many years? 11 years, 12 years. Like, we've just had this constant beratement of, well, I don't know why we play these guys anymore. This is a pointless game. 10 is coming. Whatever all that crap was. And then, you know. And, you know, I get it. Like, I get it. And yeah. But now you got these BYU fans who are just like, yeah, now I hope we never play these losers ever again. And it's like, look, I don't feel that way about Utah. I feel that way about Utah State. <laughs> I don't care to, to ever never have to go to Logan I don't, again. I don't care to ever have to play them again. Right. I really don't. Other than like treat it as our FCS game. Like I like I, I just, wonder if your I wonder if your dad feels differently because I know mine does. Really? He thinks they should play Utah and Utah State every year. Well, my dad the one thing that he – I think he always talks about Lavelle and Utah State and how Lavelle was always really good to schedule Utah State to give them a decent game every year uh-huh. just because, you know, I think Lavelle went to Utah State and and, and I get that. But me, I'm just I, – I don't care about him. I really don't. I, I have zero cares about Utah State and – you know, Utah calls us the big, the the little brother to the big brother. Utah State is awful. They're they're not they're not younger brother. They're, they're like step sibling. Well, I was <laughs> thinking like they're like you know, Utah was born in 1972, um, BYU born in 1975, and then you got Utah State who was born in like 1990. Or it's like there's a 15 year <laughs> gap here, dude, or 25 year gap. No, 15. Yeah. It's like there's a 15-year gap here. Like, we want nothing to do with you. We don't care. We didn't grow up in the same circles. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about Utah uh-huh. State. It's like, yeah, no, we were in the Mountain West with with Utah. And they went to the Pac-12. We got screwed out of the Pac-12 because of the whole research institution academics isn't strong enough bull crap or whatever they said. I mean, let's be completely honest. It's because Stanford and Cal didn't want them in. It's, it's because BYU is conservative and the Pac-12 is overly liberal. That's yeah, why. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's so interesting. To, yeah, for me, Utah State, it's like, yeah, you got into the Mountain West because we left. That's why you're there. <laughs> they had nowhere else to go. 
And so, yeah, my my personal opinion. Because they were in the WAC before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Mountain West went and raided the WAC, and then the WAC was just like, well, hello, FCS. We, we can't exist anymore. Well, hello, SWAC. Yeah. And so, yeah, my opinion, like, I'd love to see. I, I like the BYU-Utah game. I hate the Utah State game. They're nothing but a thorn in the side because, you know, most of the time we're going to beat them, but they're going to beat us every once in a while, and it's probably going to ruin a season. Well, that's it's like I love Boise State as a rivalry, but I'm the same way with Boise it, State. It's just, except even more often than Utah State, they would they could beat us. Oh no, yeah, no, they, that's that's the yeah. problem. The only time <laughs> we beat them is when we shouldn't, and the times that they beat us is when they shouldn't. Right, and it was a lot. You know, like it. It's so annoying. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just a couple more games. So Arkansas, they beat Ole Miss. Poor old Jackson Dart. Uh, forty-two to twenty-seven. You know, there's there's some news about Ole Miss. There's there's a little news brewing about Lane Kiffin. There's some there's that, some stuff going on out that there. I, I I made a theory. About. Oh, I know. Well, what's so interesting is they're putting these these little rumors out there that Lane Kiffin's going to step down from being coach on Friday. Uh huh. But the problem is, is Auburn hasn't named anybody. They haven't even like said anything about any like about anything and i'm wondering in part is it because they've already interviewed kiffin a few years ago and Mm. they're like we already know we like him and he's like he wants to come here harson didn't work out maybe we go with kiffin and maybe they like they've already done the legwork behind it but they haven't said anything and it's going to be like this big announcement but I also, I mean, it kind of feels like Gary Anderson when uh, he was at Wisconsin. He wasn't happy there. And I don't know if you've heard that whole rumor tree of what happened there that that Bronco was going to go to Oregon State and then Kyle was going to come down to BYU and then Gary Anderson was going to go to Utah. Uh-uh. I didn't hear any of that before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I heard it from a guy who supposedly heard it on good authority. I don't know how good authority that was, but in 2014, Bronco was going to go take the Oregon State job. Kyle didn't like the AD, and he was going to come down to BYU. And then Gary Anderson was going to leave Wisconsin and go to Utah. Now, what happened, supposedly, what happened was the AD went to Kyle and just said, look, I'm retiring next year. If you just hold, just hang on for one more year, I'll be out of your way. So then Tom Holmo has to go to Bronco and say, just give me one year to find a replacement. Stay one more year. You can take whatever job. Like, let me just find a replacement. Mm-hmm. Well, Dingus up at Wisconsin decides he's going to jump the gun. And he, he resigns. He leaves Wisconsin. Problem is, he doesn't have a place to go. And remember when, when Gary Anderson was all of a sudden the coach at Oregon State? Yeah. That was that was it. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to wrap this around my head. So you're telling me that Kyle could have been what Kalani is now? The it would have been in 2015, like a year prior. Yeah. That is so because Oregon State they had weird. Uh, what was what was his name? <clears throat> the guy that BYU beat at Nebraska. I can't remember that coach's name. Anyway, he he had just left 
Oregon State to take the Nebraska job. And Oregon State, I think Bronco had roots in Oregon State, so he was going to go there. And, yeah, and that was – and then Kyle was going to come down to BYU and Gary Anderson to Utah. And, but, yeah, it, it it's so interesting whether it's true or not. I mean, I just you wonder if Lane Kiffin's going to have the same problem where he's going to resign from Ole Miss – and then all of a sudden Auburn's going to go a different direction. It's going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Who wants Lane Kiffin? But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying Granted, to. Granted, Lane um, Kiffin probably go to Arizona State at that point. It could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. Hey, I mean, fits the party school mentality. I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to wrap my head around if Kyle was at BYU. Oh, yeah. No, like, it's. It's crazy, and you know Kyle's attitude towards Kyle's attitude towards BYU now. You know, he'd never do it now. Uh huh. But that was that was the rumor that in in 2014, like before the 2015 season, Kyle. Well, was I guess coming. what what's changed since? Obviously, he would never coach BYU right now. But like, he's probably closer to retiring than anything. Yeah. Like he's probably coaching for a few more years, and that's it. But like, what's I guess what's changed since 2014? That would change him on BYU. He's just he's bought into the Urban Meyer way of thinking about BYU. As far as just mm. it's just that team down south. It's not it's not BYU. Even though he met his wife at BYU and went to BYU and played there, but was an All American there. Yeah. Even though you know he was like BYU played a huge role in in his career. Right. Yeah, interesting. Uh, he he's kind of just bought into that. Like, that would have been an like. Interesting are there emotions behind this game? And you know, he's the type of guy that says, "What game? You know, why would that matter? Right? Playing that team. It's like it matters. You know, it matters. Well, you know, and it's funny, and I know uh, it's it's a different circumstance because. Um, James Franklin never had any association with Pitt, never went to Pitt or anything like that. But I think it's just being at Penn State. Whenever Penn State and Pitt renewed their rivalry for four years, from 2016 to 2019, mm-hmm. whenever he was asked about it, he just made it seem like it was playing another game. Yep, and It's just another game. And now. I'm like, okay, so then why did playing just another game break Heinz Field's attendance record? Right, exactly. Out of Pitt and Steelers. <laughs> And it was and it was Heinz Field at the time. Don't come at us. It was Heinz Field at the time. It's not Acershire Stadium then. It was Heinz Field. <laughs> I mean there there was Heinz Field I think holds like sixty eight something thousand and there were I think there were seventy two or seventy three thousand some odd people at the game. There were that many standing room tickets. Jeez. So yeah, it kind of gives me like that vibe. Like the you you don't matter even though you do. Oh yeah, definitely matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting. But speaking of Utah, they lost too. That's the uh, last game that we have to talk about. That was a gorgeous, gorgeous loss. Because here's the thing: I don't know how much of that game you watched. Did you watch the whole thing? No. So I watched the first half, and then I went to play Warzone. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> so I watched. I watched most of it. Um, I don't understand why they brought in Ty Thompson. I can't remember if that was first half or second half. When they had the scoop and score, fumble recovery. Anyway, Oregon, even though Bo Nix is playing great, Oregon decides, you know what? Let's bring in Ty Thompson for a play. And not only are we going to bring him in for a play, 
let's run a reverse. And so Ty Thompson gets the ball. He starts running to the left. Wide receiver is coming back for the reverse, <coughs> and he tosses it to him. Tosses it him a little. Qu- tosses it to him a little quick. It bounces off that that guy, and Utah just picks, scoops it right up. Because I mean, they're on like their own ten yard line. Uh huh. He scoops it right up, goes right into the end zone. And I remember sitting there because at this point Oregon was up seventeen to three. I remember watching that, and I was just like, "Crap." This is the type of play that's going to swap the momentum, and like Utah's going like, to win this we've game. We've seen this before. Like Utah's you... Utah's going to win this game. Like I just know they are, because I've seen this too many times. Uh huh. Now, old uh, Heisman hopeful, Heisman dark, dark horse candidate Cam Rising, poor guy just could not find the end zone. But I tell you what, he did find. He found the ducks a few different he, times. He found multiple ducks. Yeah, he found ducks three times. That was pretty cool. You know, and I loved that uh, Noah Sewell had at least one of the interceptions. And, uh-huh. you know, he had a great game. And I think it was just like, it was just like, yeah. Like, don't you dare tell me that this was going to be a, like, I was going to regret coming up here. Like, I know my brother played at Utah, but uh-huh. it's like, this is, this is where I belong is up here, where my other brother went. And, but like, I mean, it's just, it was great to see him have a great game against Utah and, you know, sad to see Cam Rising struggle, but I'm you know, very sad about it. Yeah, that. absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's it was. I watched. I watched a good amount of that game, and I wasn't disappointed. I'm glad Bonex played. I I think if Ty Thompson plays, they lose that game. Like Oregon probably. loses that game, but yeah, probably. You're I not tell you, get the Bo, at quarterback. like Bo Nix is one tough son of a gun. I mean, he couldn't run. He was no. on, he was on like one leg basically. Yeah, but I mean, he was still slinging the ball really well and. And yeah, he he didn't really throw on throw on the move all that much because he couldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I was so I was so happy to see that loss just because, like I honestly when I was telling people I I cared more about Utah losing that game than I did BYU beating Utah Tech. Hey, to and be that fair. is one hundred percent truth, not hyperbole. I right. would have rather had BYU lose, and Utah lose, like. Oh, absolutely. You trade a loss for a loss. Yeah. yeah, I would trade losing to Utah Tech, but that guarantee, like it guarantees a Utah loss. By all means, go ahead. Yeah. And then well, I was, I even said during the game to to Megan and Bowen, and I was like, you know, in a way, in a weird, twisted way, losing this game wouldn't be the worst thing because that would ensure that some people were getting fired. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I tell you what, I don't know if that uh, Utah Tech quarterback has any. Has any uh, eligibility. eligibility? I'll take him. Well, that's what I looked up that uh, wide receiver for. Oh yeah, the he number one, six five. Dev, his name is Devin something. Um, no, he's six eight. Six eight. Six eight as a wide receiver. Jeez. And I was like, no wonder he's so fast. His legs are so long. His strides are like five yards. Right. Like, <laughs> it, and honestly, once he got out because of that injury, which is a shame to see. Oh, that's when things that's really slowed when down. Things changed for Utah Tech. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. That I was looking at him. I was like, "Does this guy have the eligibility?" Because BYU should look at what he's doing to them <laughs> and just be like, "We want that." Yeah, but I mean, that quarterback—he was slinging the ball really well. He really was. Like, he was making good throws, good decisions, and yeah. and I'll take him at BYU next year for sure. Let's see what's his name. I don't know that we have a ton to talk about with this game, though. I mean, no. I mean, it, like, like we mentioned in it the beginning, is what it, is. it was. I mean, at halftime, what was the score? It was twenty to fourteen, or 
No, 28 to 20. Yeah. Okay. So 28 to 20. We're winning by eight. This is kind of like what we talked about, where it's like this could be close-ish in a way. never in doubt, but never comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole time, it's like we're not going to lose to Utah Tech. But watching the first half, it's like I know we're not going to lose, but it's a one-score game, and they've had the lead a couple times. Yep. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, overall, like BYU pulled away. The, the biggest takeaway for me is, is it's a shame that we didn't get to the high lead early to be able to get to see some of the guys that don't play. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Jacob Conover can hand the ball off like the best of them. He yeah. is so good at handing that ball off. He is. He yeah, is. It's... We've, we, I mean, he's, we've seen him. Did he have any more than three handoffs? Because I'm trying to think of how the game ended. I'm trying to think. All I know is because that, that would mean that, that his carries are or his plays are a few handoffs and a QB sneak on the season, and that's all we've seen. Yeah, uh, one thing that really pissed me off in that game. Um, if you're Utah Tech, why on earth are you burning your timeouts? You don't have a 21 point play. <laughs> like it was one of those things that, right when he started taking timeouts, if it were me, if I was the head coach. I'm going to Jaron. I'm going to all the starters, and I say, get back in there. Get back in there. And then I'm radio- radioing up to Roderick just saying, I need you back in the booth because – Four verticals. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're we're scoring on these guys. I want I want a touchdown right now. Uh-huh. Just because why on earth you – like, I understand kicking the onside kick. I mean, why not? Yeah. But you're calling timeouts? You're really going to call timeouts? Ugh. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, like, I get being competitive, but the game's out of hand at that point. Right. It's, yeah, that that confused me as well. And it not even just confused me. It's like, it's cold. Let the clock run out. <laughs> like, we're trying to get home. Right. And it, it's senior day for these other guys on, like, uh-huh. for these other te- uh, this other team. Just yeah. get done with Speaking this. Speaking of which, I don't think they walked beforehand. Because afterwards they did it like a little ceremony because we stuck around to hang. They normally hang out and see they it. normally do it afterwards. They normally do the blankets afterwards. But I I remember being in a seat so last when, year. So when when we were day? when we were walking up to the stadium, I was looking over and on the screens it showed like Earl Tuyote Mariner, and normally it's like the starting lineup, but it was only seniors, and so I think they did it well before everything. Like think, walking. Yeah. I think I think they did it before the band was on the field, stuff like that. Like, yeah, it because, wasn't because well, last year it was after the team ran out, uh-huh. and the band was still lined up. I think, yeah, and then they ran out, like they each ran out, and I think this year, I think they did it well before. Well, I was just confused because we stayed for it, and they went through every single person that they were honoring, like, and they were were there with their families and everything on the field yeah. still, and. Devin oh. was telling me something funny about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, apparently Jaron and Puka are off signing everything in sight. Uh-huh. Because Jaron's that type of person. You see pictures after every game that he's always signing. Yeah, for sure. Doing whatever. The marketing team had to, run, had to send somebody over to those guys and say, guys, stop signing stuff. We're trying to honor you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, leave these fans alone. Come on, 
you need to be over here. We need to get through this. Right. Like, this already takes long enough. You're making this worse. <laughs> yeah. So we, we stayed because we weren't sure if they did it beforehand. And so we kind of like, well, especially Megan, she was like, I'm going to feel bad if I leave knowing that they're honoring the seniors right now and nobody's here. She's like, I want to, I want to be here yeah. so there's people in the stands. Well, I didn't feel guilty leaving. <laughs> no, I, I saw you leave. You were welcome. Yeah. I can see you guys leave every single time. Yep. <laughs> but ya. yeah, we, we hung out in the stadium, and so we stayed until they went through all the names. Oh, uh, yeah. It was funny because I, I would, I would say certain things for other ones, like, like for, I mean, Jaron Puka, nice clap, and I'd. Probably say something nice, but then for they honored like say for example like George Judo. I'm like I hope I never see you play another down again. <laughs> like just yeah, something they like figured that. they figured that out. I mean towards the end of the season here, he's not on the field. He was on the field yeah. at the end of the game on Saturday, right? So were all the other third and fourth stringers. <laughs> yeah, and Meg was like, "That's not very nice." I was like, "No, but it's true." <laughs> so I'm telling I mean, the truth. But yeah, I mean, this game is what it is. It ended up being a blowout game, like I said, fifty-six or fifty-two to twenty-six. Which I, like I said, I predicted the final score to be fifty-two to twenty-eight. So it's not like I can really be upset in any way. Just right. for the first half, it, it was definitely confusing. And I wasn't at that Portland State game. I remember watching it on TV. But you, yeah, you said it had a similar vibe to the game. Just yeah, it was awful. Of course. We also didn't realize that we wouldn't be crossing the 50-yard line in the next game. So That's, that's very true. That was That fun. is very true, and only winning four games that year. Um, luckily, we, we reached Ooh. six, and that means we're bowl eligible. And you know what that means, Austin? Getting some blue hair. <laughs> I cannot wait for it. I know. <laughs> December 9th. You know, it's funny. I was telling my dad. I was like, it's crazy. I was... I was telling Kelly, she's the one that does my hair. And I was like, I was asking, I was like, so how long is that going to take? I said two hours. Because the problem is with me having brown hair, uh-huh. you got to bleach it first yeah. and then you can put in the blue. Um, my dad was saying, like, you should just have her put the blue in on the brown. <laughs> and then my brother, <laughs> Colton, was saying, like, oh, just, you should just use that temporary spray. And I was just like, I don't think you guys understand. When I made this bet, the guy I made the bet with, he, you know, he, he said, it's got to be a legit job. It's got to be uh-huh. bleach it and then blue. That's that's what it's got to be. And I was like, all right. And that's how confident I was. My dad even asked me, he goes, did anyone have the other side of the bet? And I was like, no. No. No one had the other side of the bet because I was that confident we weren't going bowling. After the games we had just played against Liberty and ECU, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't no way we were going bowling. Yeah, you thought we would still be wondering if you're going to have blue hair going into this week. Absolutely. <laughs> no. As soon as we won the Boise State game, it was basically Boise State a guarantee. I, I looked down at that field, and I'm like, that's the color of my hair. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. You know what's funny? I'm actually kind of excited about it, because I've, I've, I've never done anything crazy to my hair. I've never grown it out. I've never buzzed it. I've never shaved my I've never done anything like that. Uh-huh. And so, like, this will be, like, the first time I actually do something a little crazier with my hair. I, I can tell you with certainty I am excited to see it. Oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm curious to see how people react at church. Oh, that Because you got to think, 
I get it dyed on a Friday, so it's going to be nice and fresh uh-huh. that Sunday. Oh, yeah. Very bright royal blue. Yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, all right, so grades for this game. It's it's. I feel like it's tough to grade against an FCS opponent, especially right. when it was close at first, and then it ended up being not that close. So let's just do, like, offense. So for me, I would probably say... Like a B, B, flat B, just because okay. of the first half you didn't really figure it out until the end of the second quarter. And, I mean, you did put up a lot of points and you put up a lot of yards. Jaron had a career day. It's his most passing yards in a game, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that was great. But I think just for the fact that it took you that long to get get it going consistently, I'll give you just a B, even though it was a good performance overall took you about a quarter and a half to actually figure out how to move the ball. Yeah, I was going to give them a B minus. I I do think that they they took way too long to figure it out, especially I mean your first play is a great catch from Puka and you start driving and then all of a sudden you stall. And it's like what happened in three plays that all of a sudden you couldn't figure this out? Like yeah. you were fine in the first three plays, what happened in the next three? And then I mean, to be fair, to kickstart our offense, you know what it took? Let's just huck the ball up to Keanu Hill. Yeah. That is all it was. Yeah. It's like they're going to double Puka. Keanu, you got single coverage. I'm just going to huck the ball up to you. Uh-huh. Go fight for it. Well, and, and we, we kind of had a similar uh, situation that we had through all throughout the season so far is that we weren't moving the ball on the ground, so we might as well just chuck it 60 yards and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'll probably go B-. minus. Um I just think it took a little too long to get going. Um, I think even doing that against Stanford can not that it'll cost you a game, but it'll it'll cost you a good half. Yeah. Um, well, it could cost you a game depending on how your defense plays. This is very true. Granted, once we get into the Stanford stuff, we start looking at some of the stats there. We'll see how worried I am about about Stanford. Right. Um, defense. Oh man, I. Look, one thing we knew coming into this game was that Utah Tech could score. Uh-huh. Like we knew that they could score. And so because of that, I I'm more inclined to be a little more lenient on the defense. Um but I don't know that I can go higher than a C plus. You're still you're you're playing an FCS opponent and you can't get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Did they get did they sack him once? I don't think so. We had some. We had a tackle for a lot. We had a couple tackles for loss. No sack. But no sack. And and it's one of those things that you know. I don't care that the measurables on these guys are the right are the right situation here. And I, I you know, I've gotten to the point that I, I was looking at this guy that I saw. They were talking about Bobby Terrell at a at a yeah. Lehigh, uh-huh. and it's like if you want to take a flyer on a kid, take a flyer on that kid. A multi-sport athlete who's, what, who's one, got P5 offers. The one who's already committed to a P5 school. Right. <laughs> like, he's going to Washington State. That's the thing. There's a difference between taking a flyer on an in-state kid that has other offers as well. Right. And taking a flyer on somebody that doesn't have any offers. Well, and, that, and that's where I think they did kind of lose out on Stanley Ross. He had other offers. Uh-huh. And so, like... Yeah, you're kind of. It's kind of a loss there. I know he's undersized, and I think it's the same problem with Bobby Terrell. Is that he's undersized, but as long as he wants to get to the quarterback, he's going to get to the quarterback. Right. 
None of those guys on the line right now want to get to the quarterback. Well, I, they want to engage <laughs> in that blocker and just go, just go into a lean match. That's all they want to do. You. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, let's see. Whenever I'm doing the sleds in practice, I only push. <laughs> like that's what I think these guys' brains have gone down to. Is that it's yeah. just like in I mean, practice, I practice wrong. pushing, and it's like, okay, why aren't you learning anything else? No, and is that a true. testament to our coaching? Is that is that just because these kids like how bad is it? Like, do are we not teaching these kids because they they can't like they they're not going to retain the information? I don't know, but yeah. So I'd probably say a C plus. Um, thank goodness that number one got hurt. I mean, I hate seeing a player get hurt. <laughs> but like, I I hate seeing man, a player. Man, thank get goodness hurt. seen man that kid might have broke his wrist, but thank yeah, goodness because we won the game. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, it sounds horrible, but <laughs> no, I mean honestly, that uh, was that was the turning point in the game when is it, when he got out. Oh, you yeah. could tell the offense was different because how we were just chucking it up to to Keanu being like <laughs> Keanu's down there somewhere. That's what they're doing with him. Like Devin, number one, he's down there somewhere. Yeah, and he's so six eight. Just, he can he can <laughs> moss anybody. It doesn't even matter if your corner is six three. Like yeah. more like if Moria ba- Mori Bamba was in the game, uh, he's six three. It doesn't yeah. even matter. He's still short compared yeah, to the other guy. Like, I know I can beat you, and so yeah, I I'll give him a C plus for for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was debating on like C plus B minus because I'll probably go C plus two thinking about it because like you said, you didn't give a sack, uh, you get a sack, you didn't really have a turn or I don't think they had any fumbles. Did they have a fumble recovery? There was definitely no picks. I don't think there was a fumble recovery. Um, so nothing really splash play on defense. And it was basically the status quo for what I thought was going to happen. We did um, have a pick. Oh, we did have a pick. Yeah, don't don't ask me when it happened or how it happened. I really don't remember, I guess. Oh, wasn't it towards the end zone? Was it Jackson Robinson? Or Jacob Robinson, um, not Jackson Robinson. I think it was Jacob. Robinson. I think it was Jacob Robinson. I do know that we got hit with an unsportsmanlike conduct on that one because of John Nelson. Oh, lovely! I don't remember what he did, but that was actually the interception that led to us getting to a twenty-eight to twenty. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, I'll give him a C plus two, just because it was pretty much status quo average for what I was expecting. Like I projected them to pick, get twenty-eight points. They got twenty-six points. Nothing really special happened from the defense. I mean, Jacob Robinson did have the pick, but besides that, there was really nothing of note. So, yeah, kind of just average performance. And, I mean, that is an average performance from our defense is what we expect right now. No kidding. All right, and then I'm going to give my grade for special teams first. Go for it. And it's because your guy, which I like like Hobbs a lot. I like Hobbs a lot. He's our guy. He was the only problem with special teams. He brought the ball out when he shouldn't have. And, you know, and especially after the first time when when they they come out and they definitely showed that they're going to do kick coverage pretty well. Mm-hmm. To bring it out a couple more times, it's like, Hobbs, I'm sorry. The, the, you shouldn't be bringing this out unless you're like, – you don't bring it out of the end zone. Yeah. And so, I mean, that being said, Rico bombed a punt. It's too bad it went into the 
I mean, it went straight into the end zone. It's, it's not like we had a chance to get to it. I mean, yeah. But the dude just bombed it. I think it was a 61-yard punt. It ended up being like a net 41 because of the touchback. But, but yeah, and then Jake Oldroyd. Perfect. Perfect. With the green cleats. With the green cleats. He was wearing the green cleats. Ode to where it all started. Yeah. And uh, well, what's interesting is he hit a 32-yarder at the end of the game. Uh, we looked it up against Arizona. It was a 33-yarder. Oh, was it? And it was like, ah, oh, man, if it could have just been, been one so more yard. And then don't kick at Stanford. Like, let someone else kick at Stanford. Uh-huh. And you could have had bookend 33-yarders in those green cleats. Yeah. I wonder if those are the same cleats. Because he said whenever he talked to Jeff from Give Him Hell, he they were in a trophy they, they case. In Texas. Yeah. They so were I a, wonder if those are the same cleats. I think or, they are. Huh, it, uh, what he needs to do um, – now that chances are he won't be kicking in them ever again, go get them bronzed. Yeah. And don't say that, like, made 32-yard field goal against Utah Tech now. <laughs> you, you say game winner against Arizona. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, and I'm looking at Hobbs's, uh so his kick returns. So I'm looking at his average, and his average was 21.8, mm-hmm. which to me just screams... Take the touchback. Yeah, you're not going to reach the, if you don't reach at least the 26. It's not worth coming out. Right. So he, had, but he had a long of 42, which I don't remember. He did have one that he was able to take up the up the sideline. Okay. He had to break it, a tackle to get there. Well, but. That, so what I'm what I'm thinking is if his long was 42 and his average was still 21.8, how bad were the other ones? Right. Well, I mean, there were times he caught it caught it at the end zone or just inside the end zone and. Got taken down at the 15-yard line. Well, and it was I, like, Hobbs, what are you doing? Well, I'm thinking in my head, it was like, is it all Hobbs? Or is this Ed Lamb, Ed Lamb saying, hey, this is Utah Tech. Go ahead, this take is, it out. You, this you is want. FCS. You do it. Because the thing is, if you tell a guy, it's just like, hey, you, you have the, someone, you you have the green light. You're telling me that guy isn't going to go for glory? <laughs> right. Exactly. Come on. Like, exactly. I don't blame Hobbs necessarily. Other than, like, you probably should have some mental. Like, as far as punt, like you have the IQ to be like, hey, you know, I should probably fair catch this. Uh huh. But, but yeah, I, it was, it was just funny when I texted you. I was like, Hobbs Nyberg is the only dark spot uh-huh. on this no, special team. Yeah, it's it's today. true. It's true. Like he is he has been the only bright spot for ten weeks in a row. That almost like you knew he had to have one bad week. Right. You know? I guess not ten weeks. Wait, he so wasn't did you playing the grade. I haven't yet. I was gonna give him a B. Okay. They yeah. they would have been an A. They would have been, you know, great situation. But Hobbs brought them down. Honestly, if it was all touchbacks, it would have been an A. It would have been. <laughs> it really would have been. I, I I'll probably give them a B too, like B B minus. I I just I don't. I to me, I never understand taking it out unless unless you have like an all American returner. Yeah. Never take it out. I mean and. I do have to give credit. I don't know if it's Lamb. I don't know if it's Kalani. They started kicking it through the end zone. They weren't tempting fate with the kick it as high as you can to the five-yard line, and this will work out better. (laughs) Analytics say it will work out better. Yeah. Like, we have figured that out, and Jake just boots it through the end zone if he can, which has been great. But, yeah, it's – Also, did you notice after Jake kicked that field goal – Cash Peterman came in to pick the kick. He, he kicked the last PAT. He, yeah, he kicked the PAT, and he also did the kickoff. Heck yeah, man. Cash <laughs> like, Peterman. Well, I'm like also thinking in my head, like, where's Justin Smith? 
<laughs> I think he I think he picked up a, an injury. Oh, did he? Yeah. Because I was thinking that to myself. I'm like, okay, so I, I guess they're taking Jake out to that just kind of like soak I mean, in the moment and everything. I saw what Justin can do on the field. I think I'll take Cash Peterman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, Utah Tech's over. Uh, last home game of 2022 over. Uh, we got one left against Stanford. Um, but all – so I wanted to play a game with you either before or after we preview Stanford. And it has to do with basically instant reaction or gut reaction. Are these people going to be on the team next year or not? Okay. Cause um, they released the list of players that were actual seniors, which I'll just go through the ones that are actual seniors. So yeah. Chris Brooks, Matthew Criddle, Lorenzo Falatea, Caleb Hayes, Houston Haimuli, Chris Jackson, Lopini Katoa, Lane Lunt, D'Angelo Mandel, Pepe Tanevasa, Alden Tofa, Earl Tuyori Mariner. Finally. Joe Tuku. Finally. <laughs> Joe Tukuafu, Earl Tuyori Mariner, class of 2014. Fred Warner's class. <laughs> the, the year, Fred Warner, who's the, been in the NFL for how many years? What, the year after you and I graduated high school. We've yeah. also been. We almost. This upcoming year will be ten years since we've it been out be of high school. It would be as if I was playing last year. <laughs> right. It's like wow. So those are actual seniors that have no more eligibility. Can't They're not back. coming back. But then they also honored a bunch of guys. It's like twenty six guys, that right? Could yeah. So it ended up being. I mean, it was thirty four total. So minus however many I just read. I don't oh, know. Okay. But there's a bunch of guys that. Could potentially come back if they wanted to, but they were honoring them anyway just in case they don't end up opting to come back. Okay. So. We can do it now. Uh, yeah, we'll just do it now. Okay. Going around. off. So just, just off of my gut. Are yeah. They, so just gonna gut be reaction. Return, leave. I'm going to throw a third option in there of transfer. Transfer. Okay. There you go. Just because uh, there is one guy on that list that I believe is transferring. Okay. Cool. Uh, Clark Barrington. Leaves. Leaves. Yeah. I mean, NFL draft, call on your name. If you're gonna go and even if you go third, fourth, fifth, if if you get guaranteed money like that, right, you're gonna go. Yeah, if they say like if they're like you might get drafted, that's a little different. But right. if they're like you're getting drafted, we just don't know where. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Braden Cosper, Bingham stays. legend. He stays. Stays. Okay. Uh, which he was like class of 2017. When did Devin? Yeah, 2017. When did Devin graduate? He graduated the same year as Haley, so it's 2017. So Cosper's a year younger than Devon, so he's class of 18. He's same He's same as Dax. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So 18, 19, 20. Yeah, um, 18. Blake Freeland. Gone. Gone, yeah. Ammon Hanneman. He stays. He stays. <laughs> my my, uh, my uh, breakout player pick stays. <laughs> your, your breakout player pick. I know he had a great season, but he's going to stay. Now I'll, he's going to turn down. He's going to turn down guaranteed money. I will throw this out there. It is you, I guess you can also add a fourth option. Is their scholarship taken away? Bill Parr scholarship. I mean, scholarships. Is, I think because I, I to me, I think that's what's happening with George Udo. Oh, I think uh, I think they're saying we're not going to. Yeah, which, you don't have a scholarship. Which I'll just go on to. He's on this list, George Udo. Well, I yeah, I think he probably transfers. Um to have a guy that when you when you come out as a starter, then all of a sudden you have a hard time seeing the field. Yeah, it's like there's got to be greener grass somewhere else. Right. The other hard part too right now is with BYU going into the Big Twelve, scholarship offers are four years. You can't just pull a scholarship. Uh huh. So that's going to be such a 
weird line they have to walk. So it's like this year there's going to be a lot of cleaning up with those with oh, those yeah. scholarships. Oh yeah. Anyway, okay. So Hanneman, I think he stays. Okay, uh, Britton Hogan, who's a lawn snapper. If you didn't know who that was, I'm going to go ahead and guess that he stays. Um, <laughs> I don't know how old he is. <laughs> I have no idea. He's definitely not on scholarship. Yeah, I think I think you know if if you have a chance to put on that jersey, absolutely. Yeah. I tell you right now, I don't care if I was sitting on the bench as a as the fourth string long snapper. I'd probably I'd I'd stay I'd stay all my years of eligibility. There's no chance I'm going to the NFL, but I get that jersey. Right. Like I get it's to, fun to be a I part have, of the team. I have the pride of being a BYU football player. Uh huh. So yeah, I think he probably stays. Do you think the people in 2017 thought they had pride for being on that team? I think. <laughs> I just uh, I, not, I just thought about that because here's the you, thing. you're like I had the pride of being a beautiful football player, and then immediately into my head was like 2017. Here's the thing: you're still a you're still a Division one athlete. Yeah, that's true. Like that's true. UMass guys are still Division one athletes. So, yeah, I think there's still some pride in it. That being said, I think you shift from. I'm proud to be a BYU football player to I'm proud to be a Division One athlete. <laughs> I'm not going to say where it's I'm a shifted, Division One athlete. I'm proud that Built Bars pays for my scholarship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jackson Kafusi. Oh, this one's tough. Um, I think he probably stays. Uh, I don't see him transferring anywhere. Uh-uh. I, don't, I also don't see him. Why he doesn't want to join his cousin up at Utah? Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Freaking Devin Kafusi goes up there, gets like becomes a captain on the team, and then doesn't even see the field anymore now. Mm-hmm. He was starting at the beginning of the year, and now he hardly touches the field. You know, if he would have played, they would have beat Oregon. No, absolutely. Um, but I do I, – I think that Jackson Kafusi probably stays. The reason – I think the reason his brother Isaiah left was because he saw a chance in the NFL. Right. Jackson doesn't have that. Yeah. So I think he probably stays. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah, he had what, like a little stint with the Colts. Yeah. He so. got cut from their practice squad right before the season started. Okay. Which, I mean, he he technically got paid a little bit by the NFL. So. Yeah. Something so, a lot yeah, of he, get to do. Yeah, he's not. I don't know where he is now. I think he works for Adobe or something like that. Oh, followed Baylor. Yeah, him and Baylor. Uh, Harris Lachance. Here's the chance. I think he stays. Um, I think he basically takes Kingsley's spot, and Kingsley, Kingsley slides, slides over, over to the left yeah. tackle. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm like, I mean, thinking about the other tackles that are going to be in. I mean, there's Braden Kime. Um, there's, I mean, there's Campbell Barrington, Clark's brother, but he's probably going to be full time at a guard position. Yep. Now, so I think, I think, I agree. I think he stays. I think that makes sense. Uh, Hayden Livingston. Is he a safety? He is a safety. I, I think, think he's he, a strong safety, I believe. Yeah, I think he probably stays. Yeah. I mean, he it was him competing with Ammon Hanneman and... Is it Talon Alfrey? Talon Alfrey, maybe? I don't know. For the, for the strong safety Or position. is it Ethan Slade? Uh, it's a bunch of... Because I can tell here's If there's one thing I know about the defense next year, the two guys at safety should be Malik Moore... And Micah Harper. Uh huh. There should not be a white guy back there starting. 
<laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. When you have those not, two guys there, no. You're not wrong. And, I mean, you look at the – I don't know who who it was in the picture, but it's like you look at the cornerback picture from this year. One guy stands out, and I don't even know who it was, but it was just the one white guy. <laughs> it's like it, – I'm, it, th- I'm trying to think about our corners. He must not play very often. No. No. Heck no. I mean, but you look at the track record of the positions, it's like it makes sense. Well, I mean, if you watch, if you listen to New Heights, they, Jason Kelsey talked about it. He said, you know, other than quarterback, the hardest position is corner, and they won't even let white guys play it <laughs> in the NFL. Right. Yeah, because it was a big deal like a year or two ago when uh, some white guy was starting at corner. Yeah. And it was the first time in like, Seven years that some a white guy right. started a game at corner. Right, it's crazy. Um, all right, uh, Ateneza Ateneza Mahe. How, I don't know how to say his first oh, name. Oh yeah, Ateneza he's the defensive Mahe. tackle. Mahi. I mean, I think he probably stays. He's what is he? I mean, the only thing I can think with some of these guys, as far as leaving, like someone like a Hayden Livingston or or Mahe, is just like. It's just like I don't want to put my body through this. Yeah, I don't want to put my body through this anymore. Like right, and so I think he probably comes back. This one might be an interesting one. Uh, Jackson McChesney. Oh, that one's tough. When you've had that many injuries, I can see you. I can see yourself retiring. Yeah, just like his brother. I mean, Austin uh-huh. had the same problem. I think he gives it That's one why more. Cruz playing baseball. Yeah, I think he gives it one more year. Um, however, I do think if he gets injured next year, he'll be done. Yeah, I, I think he'll give it one more year because next year, assuming – I mean, I still think they're probably going to go after somebody in the transfer portal at running back. I feel like they have to, looking at their running back. Well, Peeney's right gone, Brooks is gone. I mean, But you've got you got Miles Davis, Jack McChesney, and Hinkley Rapati. Which, I mean, like, to be fair, like Miles Davis and Hinkley Rapati at times this season have really impressed us. Yeah. But overall, well, I don't know if I love the In that Utah Tech room. game, there's only one – freaking running back who looked like they wanted to be out there and that was Hinkley Rapati. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been like and I think it's just because he is trying so hard to prove that he belongs on that field. Uh-huh. And I got to the point where I was just like RB1. I don't care anymore. Like yeah. show me the guy that wants it more and that's who I want to play. Yeah, and I think well I think part of the reason Jackson will come back is uh, assuming that there's not somebody that's going to be a clear-cut starter from the transfer portal, kind of mm-hmm. like Chris Brooks was this year. Right. Um, Jackson has a legitimate shot to be RB1 next year if yeah. he's healthy. Yeah, if that's, he can stay healthy. That's the only problem. I think, you know, he's the type of guy that if spring ball goes bad for him or if fall camp goes bad for him, he'll be done. Right. Um, so this name, I thought this was already confirmed he's coming back, but he's on the list anyway, Malik Moore. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, he's coming back. Yeah, it's confirmed that he's coming back. He should come like back. I mean, he didn't do enough this year to to show NFL scouts anything. Right, and we're idiots because we thought he played yeah, five games. We thought games, he played at Utah State. But, but he actually got hurt in Wyoming. Wyoming so. um, yeah, he'll be back. Jake Oldroyd we talked about. He's done. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Peely. Oh, he's a tough one. Um I think he comes back. I don't think he had the year he wanted to. Uh, I I think he probably comes back for one more year. Um, the other guy on the list, I think transfers. But okay, <laughs> I mean I know who you're talking about, but um, we'll get to it. 
Yeah, Alema Pilimai. Who? Defensive lineman. His question. He leaves. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I'm going to Granted, say either look, he leaves and graduates and takes his degree, goes to get a real job, or his scholarship. Assuming he's on a scholarship, is just like we'll be taking that. <laughs> yeah. Um. He. I have no idea who this guy is, but I gotta imagine he's the. He's the type of guy that. Like I, just not knowing who he is, unless he has a true desire to try to compete to be able to play. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who he is, so I, I'm gonna say he leaves. Morgan Piper. Ugh, Morgan Piper. <laughs> See another one, one of the ones that just be on the team, just to be on the team. I think so, um, especially just seeing how his dad was. <laughs> yeah, in that Boise State game, telling us that the Boise State fans were classy, which is. I mean, the ones by us were probably classy because what choice do you have when you're surrounded, you're by, surrounded by, BYU fans. by hundreds of BYU fans? Yeah, and I'm imagining Morgan Piper probably walked in with a bunch of other BYU parents. Right, exactly. Like, it wasn't just uh, like it was just me and you walking in, passing some Boise State students. Yeah, FBYU. FBYU right away. Sweet. Thumbs up, dude. Cool. Yeah, I think Piper probably comes back. All right, uh, Gabe Summers. I think he comes back. Okay. Uh, Max Tooley. I think he comes back um, after having the year he does. If he can build on that momentum, uh-huh. he'll be a draft pick, yeah. a late round draft pick. Like I don't like he's not Devin Lloyd, but no. <laughs> but I think he could potentially be drafted by a team and have guaranteed money. He's just got to prove that he can be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Mason Wake. He'll come back. He's he's blue through and through. Yeah, I, I have zero doubts that Mason Wake won't be like will be on the team. Like, plus who's, who's going to play fullback? I mean, not that we use a fullback anyway. No, we like, don't. Who's going to play fullback out of the backfield? Right, but I, and and he's just one of those guys that like you know it's just it's it's almost ingrained in him to to love BYU and love that tight end room and so uh-huh. yeah I think he'll be back. Uh, here's the one that I know you were alluding to, transfer. Yeah, I think he's going to transfer. Um, it's been some weird stuff that happened with him and his wife and the administration, and it kind of seems like this isn't the first time they've been burned. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think they, I think he transfers to a specific school. I, I don't know that you go to Utah. I really don't. Um, well, here's the thing: if you go to Utah. I think you go to Utah if you're in his situation. If you're younger, I can get going to Utah. If you're his situation, where it's going to be your last year, right? You better guarantee you're starting if you're going to Utah, right? That's the tough part. And Utah's got a good defense, so mm-hmm. you you got a tough. I mean, look at what Kafusi went through. He's not playing, right? So, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be Utah. It could very well could be, but to me, that just wouldn't be a smart move unless you are going to start. Yeah, I mean the only the only play like you know I think of a guy like Dallin Holker for example right like there's only two spots for me, like that makes sense to me one spot is is Utah and because of the way they utilize their tight end meaning when Cam Rising has the ball like as long as Cam Rising's on the team yeah Utah makes sense but if Cam Rising's not the quarterback what if they get a quarterback that can actually throw to wide receivers right then your tight end's not going to be nearly as utilized uh huh. Um, the the other spot is like Baylor, and so if I mean 
to learn under Dave Aranda if, if Wilgar went down there and he could be a starter and, and uh, you know, Grimes can vouch for him and stuff like that. Like, that could be good. But, but, yeah, I don't know where he ends up, but I do think he transfers. I think he's got some issues with the administration at BYU. All right, last few ones. Uh, Gunner Romney. Oh, poor freaking Gunner. I think he's gone. You got to be done. Um, you came back to give it one more run. Pretty sure I was reading a, a news article on the way into the game too that he was just like, "I'm just trying to enjoy these last couple games with my team. Like, like I, I'm not going to be here next year." Basically, um, I don't think he transfers. I, I think, you think he just I think retires from football. Either that or go try to grind it out in the in the pros. Yeah, because I mean, there could be teams that pick him up on a practice squad and. And I mean, you look at a guy like, like I'm. I'm honestly amazed that Dax was never on a practice squad. Yeah, he's active roster every week. Yeah, I mean, he scored a touchdown a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. so it was pretty cool to see that. But right, but yeah, I think I think that Gunner's probably gone. Either goes to the NFL or medically retires. Like, um, if it's go to the NFL, it's undrafted free agent, um, trying to grind it out for a year or two and. But yeah, I mean to to have the injuries you've had, and NFL teams aren't going to like that either. How fragile he's been. Uh huh. Also, this might be a stupid question that you brought up. Dax's touchdown. Is he the first BYU receiver to score a touchdown in the NFL since Collie? It's a good question. I don't know many BYU NFL receivers other right. than Collie. Because I don't think. I guess Hoffman, after Collie. Did Cody Hoffman ever have a stint in the NFL, or did it was he um, Jordan Leslie? Did Jordan Leslie catch a touchdown? I know he had a long ball against the Colts with the Browns. He's the only one that I could think could potentially have a touchdown. No touchdown. No touchdown. Okay. Cause I, know, I know he had a deep a deep pass. I couldn't remember if it went for a touchdown though. Sounds like it looks like it didn't. No. Yeah. It, I mean. Probably. I'm just trying to think, think of. Ho- I don't think Hoffman ever had a, really a stint in the NFL. Um, same thing with like Mitch Matthews. No, he was always practice squad. Same with Colby Pearson was always practice squad. <laughs> yeah, so I. Th- I mean, I think- if you count Taysom as a as a receiver. Well, you know. Taysom's a receiver, quarterback, tight end, whatever you want him to play, he'll play coach. it. Yeah, I mean, he's the Swiss okay, Army knife. So- Listed as wide receiver, he's probably the first one since Collie to catch a touchdown. Which is um, I would think so. Yeah, I can't, can't really think of anybody else that that had the talent. Right. Um. So just to go like, I guess I'll go on the opposite end. I think there's a chance Gunner could come back, and the only reason I'm saying that is because they didn't honor him at after the game, and hmm. I know Kalani came out and said that. Uh, we honored him last year, so he didn't want to do it this year. But I mean, to me, I it's feel like, like Peeney was honored last year. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel like you would have done it again if it's like a one hundred percent. I'm not coming back. Now he may not come back, but as of right now, I just don't think it's decided. Yeah, it's probably the case. My my personal feeling, I don't think he'd come back, but yeah. but I, I do see the argument to come back. Right. I mean, that's I mean that's the only thing that's that I saw was like because here's the thing. I think there's honored. a couple other guys on your on your list there. Um, in in Puka and Jaron. Yeah, I'm, I was saving those. Right, I'm sure you were. Uh, was those, were those the last two? Uh huh. Yeah. So, funny enough, I I think Jaron leaves and Puka comes back. I think the opposite. 
Well, I, I I don't think the opposite for both. I think the opposite for Puka. I think okay. Puka's gone. You think Puka's gone? Because he accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Oh, did he? He did. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the the one ins- thing insider information, not really insider. It was a. Uh, really released on twitter but you know right right absolutely <laughs> one thing i will say uh you know the rumor was on the game day that both jaron and puka were yeah, supposedly well, coming the back a-rod said that to yeah to to blaine and and dave and i don't know that i believe that i will say though the argument for it is like hey look at the big 12 this year tcu and then everybody else and we proved that we can play with Baylor as long as we play smart. Uh-huh. And we've got a new defense coming in. At least I imagine we do. If if yeah. nothing happens, I might have to rescind some fandom. At least like I'll be a fan of the offense, but when the defense is on the field, I'll cheer for the other offense. <laughs> Until they get fired. Yeah, I'll just go I'll just go shootouts. Um but I mean, your argument could be we have a chance to immediately compete mm-hmm. if you guys come back for one more year and if you immediately compete look at what tcu did right you can be in those talks and now that you know what your conference is going to be we can plan for these guys pretty easily you know uh-huh. and it's like that's that is one argument that i i do see on a lot of these guys coming back that being said i i mean i didn't know that thing about puka well here's the thing I don't know how that works. So I don't know if he can go like, because I've been to the Senior Bowl, and mm-hmm. I covered it one year. I don't know if going to it means you can't not decide to go to the NFL and you go back to school. Like I don't know how that works. Could he? I don't know if he can go to the, through the Senior Bowl well, process. As far as, and as, far as I understand, as long as you don't hire an agent, you're you're in good shape. Uh huh. Because once you hire an agent and start paying them money and whatever else, then if you try to come back, you know, like old Yoli Childs did for the men's basketball team a few right. years ago, and you got penalized with like nine game suspension or something like that, it's mm-hmm. really stupid. But even though like he paid all the money back that the agency gave him or something, like, I can't remember what the whole thing was with him. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the what the rules are. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I just I think the signs are pointing to Puka leaving, because I mean not just the Senior Bowl thing too, but even like on his lock inside of his locker on one of the signs it said Puka out. Yeah, maybe he like, is. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Um, and here, he, ouch! <laughs> Here's one of the things that don't I break was, my printer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I will. I promise not to break it. Here's one of the things I was actually thinking about when it comes to Puka and Jaron, and it kind of reminded me of Dax and Zach. So when the whole Dax and Zach had their great year in 2020, yeah, I as soon as I saw that Dax was leaving, Dax you was knew leaving, Zach was gone. I knew Zach was gone. Yeah, but I thought if I saw Zach, if Zach was going to stay, Dax was going to stay. Yeah, I think so too. And that could be the same thing. I mean. I'm sure Puka could be like, well, look at when Jaron throws the ball. How often I'm getting the ball thrown to me. How many targets do I have compared to everybody else on this team? Yeah. Like if if Jaron or if Puka knows that Jaron's going to leave, then maybe he's just like, I'm bouncing. I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm this out. is these are also the same people. That were, were, the same people reporting this were reporting that Algier was going to come back because the school had gotten an insurance policy and – 
whatever else. Right. And that really worked out for us. But yeah. I, I'm thinking as of right now, I think they're both gone. Apparently, Jaren's made up his decision. That's what he said. Oh, really? He's he said. I don't know if it was on the. Po- I think it was a post game show that he's made up his decision and He'll announce it at the end of the season. <laughs> well, he said he said you guys are not going to be the first to know. <laughs> like talking to the media, right? So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Apparently, he has a decision made. I, you know, like, I, wonder- I can see. I can see. The argument for Jaron to come back. The only downside to him coming back to me is his age. Sure. And that's it. Outside of that, I see... See, but people said that about Taysom, and you see what he's done in the NFL. Right. Um, that extra year, and I'm not saying you're getting an extra year of maturity, but but with what Taysom has done in the NFL, and you know, people were saying, oh, he's too old coming out of college. Mm-hmm. And his contract was huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, as of right now, that's the only downside. I, I could see the argument to like you want to come back in the Big Twelve and being in that Power Five conference if you perform well again, that could even boost your stock higher. I'm gonna go ahead and but, change my answer real quick. I think if one comes back, the other one comes back. Okay, but I think yeah. if one's gone, the other one's gone. Right. I think they're kind of like a package deal. Yeah, and I mean that, that's what I was basically saying with like Zach and Dax. That's how I felt. Right. Soon, exactly. Because Dax announced, announced first. Yep. Like right he when leaving. he announced, it's like I know Zach's leaving. Yeah. Right when he announced, I think all, all of BYU kind of just knew, like, okay, Zach's uh-huh. gone. Like, yeah. And I was holding, I was holding on to a sliver of hope that Zach could come back because I remember the year with Josh and. <laughs> well, no, I remember the story that after oh, what game was it? Was it? Oh, it was after the bowl game, the UCF game. A BYU fan asked him for his headband. That said, like, any time, any place, anywhere. And he, he, the, the fan asked him for the headband. He said, I, I might need this next year. And he gave him something else. Huh. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, there's a sliver of hope. And then he ended up going to the NFL, getting drafted number two. I can't blame him. Absolutely. But, it, but it's a similar thing. Like, to me, signs are pointing to Puka leaving, which makes me think that Jaron's leaving. Yeah. And as of right now – and. Maybe some mock draft databases haven't updated their stuff, but they tend to do it pretty frequently throughout the year. As of right now, he's around like a third-round pick. So if you're a third-round or higher, especially as a quarterback, go. Yeah. Like, don't even worry about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think the the ones that are probably the most interesting to me outside of those two – are seeing what like Keenan Peely will do, seeing how the Peyton Wilgar situation works out. Because to me, I, I saw that like the BYU Sports Nation guys and some of the other like BYU media guys, like Dave and everybody, they were talking to, uh, as if Peyton was coming back to BYU. I'm like, do you do you not know what happened? Like, th- are they just oblivious to what happened and kind of the 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 set the tension of everything? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get it, cause, but, yeah, I, I think that – I also, I think Tully comes back. But those are the interesting ones to see. But the the ones that I think are definitely gone are definitely Clark and Blake, yep. the tackle and guard. Because, I mean, outside of probably just Jaron, I would say Puka's probably behind them in draft boards. You, those are definitely draftable guys. Oh, yeah. So. Yep, no, that's probably the case. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, it'll be – 
It'll be interesting, especially I think it's December 5th that the transfer portal opens. Um, and then, I mean, once everyone's deciding to transfer and stuff like that, normally when decisions are made too as far as coming back or or going to the NFL. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jackson Dart will decide to come to Provo. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's see if Lane Kiffin steps down on Friday. All right, if he do, if he does, then Jackson Dart Provo train is on. If he doesn't, then I'm still on it, all in on Hank Bachmeyer. Hank Bachmeyer, or this Utah Tech kid. Sure, I, whatever his <laughs> name was. Yeah, Utah Tech guy. Um, let's just do a quick um, preview for the Stanford game. This is a weird game. Um, nothing to play for for either side. For either side, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, what BYU goes six and six. You're already going bowling. Stanford, they're three and eight. They're not. They can't go bowling. To me, the only thing BYU has to fight for is that eight and five looks better than seven and six in a bowl game. So yeah, like I mean, I mean, yeah. That's it's... the only thing that I could think of. But outside of that, it's not like BYU's season is riding on this. Your blue hair is not riding on this game anymore. Nope. So, on on yeah, all accounts, this, uh... this game rarely has no meaning. Yeah, and. You know, it's it's really interesting. I don't know that Stanford really impresses me. You got Tanner McKee over there who uh, was a BYU guy and then flipped to Stanford because Ty Detmer got fired and and he's done okay there. I mean, he's been he's been a pretty middle tier quarterback. He doesn't really have anything going on on the offense with him. I mean, he's got twenty six hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, and eight interceptions, whereas Jaron's got three thousand yards. 29 touchdowns and six interceptions. Um, their leading rusher has 478 yards and four touchdowns. Our leading rusher in Chris Brooks has 565 yards, five touchdowns. Um, they got a receiver with with a, a good amount of yards, but a head Puka played all year. He'd be well past it too. And I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting game. I I was really disappointed when the game time came out. Oh <laughs> yeah. Eight o'clock, Eight o'clock Pacific. Pacific, so nine o'clock here, which is and you'll be at the game. So you'll be to... at the game. We fly out on, or I fly out on Friday, go to Disneyland for the day, and then we'll drive up to Old Palo Alto and yeah. go see BYU play at the library. Yep, I, I know. My dad said he will not be watching the game. No heavens, no. no. It was it starts only... at midnight for him. Eleven. Oh yeah, starts at eleven for him. Starts at eleven. But yeah. so the only the only scenario I see my dad catching any of the game is if he wakes up in the middle of the night like he did with the Baylor game and it's close and <laughs> it, it, it's like close at the end of the fourth quarter it's like oh this is still on yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's pretty much it yeah it'll be interesting this this game I I'm not like I'm not worried about it but I also I'm to the point like I don't care if we lose like it means nothing I don't think it means any it's not I don't make any difference that, in like coaching changes I think that's gonna have to happen. I don't um, think it makes a difference in coaching changes. I also don't think it makes a difference in what bowl game they go to. Right. I don't. I don't think winning this game is going to have a, like really much input onto what bowl game they're going to. It's not like oh, you beat Stanford, you're going to a much better bowl. Yeah. I don't think it really matters at this. Which point. next week we'll have to look at some of like the projections and see if we can find where BYU would go. I saw one matchup that I really like. Uh, it's New Mexico Bowl against Air Force. I really like that matchup just because I, re- I, I miss the Air Force games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always a fun game. Um, granted, Colton did bring something up that if we played Air Force, the triple option probably confused the hell out of our defense. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This guy can hand it off to 
this first guy, or he can hand it off to the other guy, or he can pitch it, or he can keep it, or he can throw it. Like, you know our defense would be like, uh, no idea what to do here. Oh, that, that would be so funny. But, um, but I think it would be kind of a fun matchup. I mean, Yeah. The, the one matchup that I kind of liked, just because we had talked about them all earlier this football season, is uh, I forget which site had it, but it was the Armed Forces Bowl against Kansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would give you a Power 5 matchup, a Big 12 matchup, or a future Big 12 matchup, I guess, to say. Yeah. But we had, we were high on the Kansas train early on in the season. Rock so, chalk, baby. So it would have been fun to see that matchup as well, I think. Cause I think any, like, any Power 5 game seems interesting to me. Mm-hmm. If it's a G5 opponent, it has to be... A cert, like certain G five opponents because sure. if it's like if I play, I saw another bowl projection that was like Middle Tennessee State. Oh, I can't wait to watch that game. Ugh. Like I, I will it, say if we if we do go to the New Mexico Bowl, I think my dad wants to go down to that game. So, heck yeah, <laughs> head right on into the <laughs> stupid. Is that played in Albuquerque? I believe so. Yeah. I actually went back in 2010. Oh, did you? Yeah, when BYU played UTEP. I think it was UTEP. Uh, it was Jake Heap's freshman year. Yeah, UTEP. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was the game that uh, in warm-ups, we were close enough that I was, you know, I mean, let's see, 2010, how old was I, 15? 15? 15, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was yelling down at uh, Brian Logan. Saw him warming up. <laughs> yeah. I said, Brian! Can I have your gloves after the game? He says, you want my gloves? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I got you. Get down onto the field because, you know, you can rush the field as a fan. Like, after, I don't know. If, like, have you ever been to a bowl game? I've been to um, a bowl game that was not BYU. Oh, okay. Normally the winning team, like, they just allow fans onto the field after, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Just casually. Like, yeah, you can go on the field. We don't care. Um, with with that game, I went and found Brian Logan, and I said, "Hey, you said you'd give me your gloves," and he just goes, "Coach handed me the trophy. My wife, I think it was his wife. Uh, he's like, my wife has my helmet with my gloves. I don't know where they are. I'm really sorry, man." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, that's cool." <laughs> um, but yeah, because he had the the pot. Like the pottery, <laughs> like whatever the trophy looked like. I'm pretty sure it was like a pottery thing. I want to look it up. Yeah, the New Mexico. Look up 2010 New Mexico Bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a. <laughs> 2010 New Mexico Bowl. That was only the fifth annual, man. Fifth annual. Oh, let me see. Let me see the trophy. I don't care about the rest of the game. Yeah. So. Oh, I see it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You see that thing? Yeah. That's yeah, nice, huh? Yeah. I told you it was a pot. So he was holding that. Yeah, he was. He was like, "Coach handed me this." <laughs> so he had to. I love how that's the response. He had to hey, kill. you told me to give you your gloves. Uh, Coach handed me this. Like, I don't know where they're at. Coach gave me this. I don't know what happened to my helmet. They have my gloves. Yeah, it was really funny. But, yeah, um, I don't know. We'll have to look at what the bowl projections are and maybe talk about that next week because all we'll have is a wrap-up with Stanford and then 
Yeah. Our season's going to be over. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's flown by. I mean, yeah, we'll be able to talk about a championship weekend, I guess, like conference championship weekend. But yeah, plus we've thought of other things to fill the void between a bowl game. But yeah, I mean, after the bowl game, I we got nothing. We might be MIA until next August, but <laughs> I mean, that being said, I mean, we might we might pop in every once in a while, do right. something. Maybe we'll actually get into BYU basketball, even though have you have you been following them at all a little bit like this year? So I watched their first two games. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't see the what was their third game, Missouri State? Yeah. I didn't watch any of that game, but I watched their first two games. So I'm pretty sure their point differential is in the negative and they're two and one. Yeah. Because they lost like by seven or nine to San Diego State, but they beat Idaho State by four. And they beat Missouri State by two. Uh-huh. Oh, and they played Nichols most recently. I can't remember how much they beat them by. But, yeah, I think we're like three and one. And, you know, hey, I'm I'm down to get really into BYU basketball. We could talk about that. And Anyway, we'll figure that out. And, and I know all you faithful listeners, uh, you know, my dad, your dad, <laughs> my brother, all you faithful listeners. Um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what we we do, but let's just hope that BYU can. Not, I I just don't want to be embarrassed as Stanford. You know, yeah. You know, if we lose, we lose, but like, don't get blown out. Just don't get blown out, especially by Stanford. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they will either. I think this is going to be a win. I mean, there's not that it would matter anyway, but there's probably going to be more BYU fans there anyway. Oh yeah. There's, I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what it will look like because well, I my imagine <laughs> that it. I don't even know if it will be fifty fifty. Like it, it'll probably be sixty forty seventy thirty BYU. Yeah, uh, you know, my dad looked up tickets just to see like roughly how much they're going for. Uh huh. Thirteen dollars. Oh wow! You can get section right next to BYU, like front row. Thirteen dollars, baby. <laughs> Maybe Kennedy and I should drive to California. Yeah, so my dad, I mean, he's looking at just, you know, he's going to buy whatever the cheapest ticket is and we can just go sit wherever we want. It's just like USF. We went and sat in those nice seats. But anyway, um, you know, uh, let's hope for a great Thanksgiving weekend. The capacity for their stadium is 50,424. <laughs> They need to have, like, a 25,000-seat stadium. Uh, I don't know. And they still wouldn't fill it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Tyler. <laughs> what? They're just when, waiting for their next Andrew like, Luck when, to come through. When did this get last get renovated? I don't know. I, hold on. Uh, capacity. Well, we're hoping for a good Thanksgiving weekend. The capacity used to be <laughs> 80-something thousand? Oh, and they already reduced it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it used to be 80, 90,000. So they, they already did reduce it. <laughs> it used to be 90,000 from 1935 to 1970. Okay. And then it was, it went 87,086, 84, 86, 85. And up until 2005, I can only imagine what that would look like in an eighty-five thousand seat stadium. Oh, jeez! Well, I mean, <laughs> you've seen you've seen some UCLA games. Yeah, they look awful. Yeah, and then from, from 
from 2005 to 2006, they cut out 35,000 seats. They're like, we're just going to go ahead and get rid of all bleachers. We're going to put seats in everywhere. I'm just like, what the heck were they thinking? I don't know. I do not know. To be honest, I don't know the history of Stanford football. I don't know. Maybe they used to be a powerhouse from 1935 to 1970 that filled their stadium all the time. But 90,000 people went to the game? Dude, you never know. I, they could be. I don't know. This is before Silicon Valley. There was there wasn't Apple around to that's to bring just nerds in. You that's jocks true. there. But I just find it so funny that they went from eighty five and a half thousand to fifty thousand in a year. Yeah, that's like hey. taking a that's like taking two thirds of your stadium and just throwing it out. <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Anyway, so, like I keep saying, um, Thanksgiving coming up. Hopefully it's a good weekend. we got some good NFL games. A lot of college football being played, Uh too, um, especially rivalry week. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, Oh, the uh, World Cup's going on right now, too. So that's that's been fun. The U.S. kind of had a struggle game today. They should have won, but, oh, well. Anyway, but, you know, as it stands right now, we're hoping for – you're still dying over the <laughs> they stadium out, capacity. They cut out 42.5% of uh, their stadium. I don't know what to tell you, Tyler. It's, it's so it funny. Is, it is what it's it is. It's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Right. Wait, um, let's give a projection. Oh, we do need to or do a, prediction, a prediction. Not projection. Uh, prediction. Um, I'm going to say – BYU wins this game. I'll say th- thirty-eight to twenty-three. So I don't know where my prediction just came from. It just hit me. Okay. Forty-nine twenty-one. All right. Yeah, the Cougars winning at forty-nine twenty-one. Um, you know, maybe they'll lose by that much, and that's the divine maybe. inspiration I'm getting. Maybe. Um. Either way, you know. Blue hair. That's what Blue I, that's what I end way. up with. So December 9th. December 9th. It'll be it'll be a good time. I can't wait. Everyone everyone's gonna love seeing me. It'll be a it'll be it'll be good. Hey, my dad will be in town. <laughs> that's the Christmas party weekend. Oh really? Yeah. So <laughs> you get to see all the aunts and uncles too. <laughs> Maybe what I'll do is right when I get it done, I'll drop by my dad's house. Uh, there on the ninth. Uh-huh. See, see if anybody's there. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Oh, I bet. Anyway, but um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, sorry we ramble sometimes. It just happens the way it does. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See you.